Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast where we are rediscovering the ancient way. You can always find us at pathdesign.com or send us an email at pathdesignpodcast at gmail.com. You can track us down. You probably already know how to do that. Like, subscribe, share, all those things if you would like. We are talking about one true shepherd. We've got through a couple pages of notes. We've got three more to go. We'll see how fast we move along here. Um, A little bit of covering what we have already talked about in case it has been a while since you watched part one. I would suggest you do not miss one and start here at two. Um, As with anything, these these obviously go in a proper order. We talked about John chapter 10, verse 1 and 2, where there is a warning from Yeshua in the form of a parable about there are false shepherds, false messiahs that are among his sheepfold. And they got in, they snuck in some other way. How they got there is for another day for us to talk about. But they're in there amongst the sheep, and we know from the biblical pattern that they're in there for one reason, to deceive and to kill and destroy the sheep um, and to lead them astray. And we have talked about Deuteronomy chapter 13, where, where there is a prophet or a dreamer of dreams that, that can come on the scene and even give signs and wonders. Um, but they, they say, let's go after other gods. Let's follow after somebody else other than Yahweh Elohim. Um, and and they, they apparently do not adhere to fearing Yahweh and keeping his commandments and obeying Yahweh's voice and serving him and holding fast to him. They draw the, they draw the sheep away from looking to Yahweh and his commandments. And that is the sign and a warning here of a prophet, a dreamer of dreams, I believe applicable to the Messiah as well. So in other words, if any Messiah comes to you, if any prophet comes to you, I don't care what he's doing. If he leads you away from Yahweh Elohim and his commandments, as we said in part one, you run like the wind. You do not give them any attention. And so we have to ask the question, when the Jesus of Christianity comes on the scene and is purported to be one who says, leave behind Yahweh's commandments because I have replaced them, we have to put that through the filter of the word of Elohim from beginning to end. Because if a Messiah, if a shepherd comes, no matter what he does, even if he raises from the dead, If he does not fit the criteria of the Torah and the prophets, he is a false Messiah because every single thing in the word of Elohim points to the Father. Now, here's the thing, because you can get this real confusing. Are you saying Jesus isn't Messiah? This gets real complex, and I hate saying it this way. I'll put it like this in the form of a question because I don't want to offend you and hurt your feelings. I, I do not want to do that. Could it be possible? That's why I make it a question. Could it be possible that the Jesus of Christianity is different than the Yeshua of the Bible? That's a question that I had to wrestle with, which is where we ended part one. I made it through this myself. I know dozens and dozens of people who were willing to ask this question and willing to see the words answer towards it. I know many, many people personally, and I know hundreds more through online communication, who have been willing to do this, to ask this question, is the Jesus of Christianity different than the Yeshua Messiah of the Bible? That's the question that I am really, that's that's the most blunt way I know to put it, which is really why we're talking about one true shepherd, because we've got to know we are responsible as sheep. 
<laughs> to know who we're following and what he says. And if he does not follow Yahweh's commandments and tell you to do likewise, we have a real problem and a real issue that maybe this one has come in to the sheepfold through another way. He's climbed in like the John 10 text, and he's not good. He's a liar, a deceiver, uh, a murderer, if you want to get real blunt about it. So I'm just going to get back to my notes so I don't get sidetracked. We've got a long way to go. Much of um, what mainstream doctrine teaches us in Christianity about Jesus, okay, Jesus, perfectly fits the criteria of a false messiah. Oh, I hate I hate even saying it because I, I can sense people whenever I say that. If I say it in real life, I just want to, oh, I'm so sorry. I, I really, I know that stings and like that makes you just want to run out of the room and never look at me again and call me a heretic. I've, I've heard it all. Many of us have. I don't want to do that. But in Christian doctrine, we have to just be willing to admit. Let's just talk factually. In Christian doctrine, Jesus, Jesus now, not Yeshua, Jesus is not the door. He's not. He said he was the door. We read about him being the door. But the Christian, the Christian doctrine does not teach that he's the door, as he said that he was. He himself said that, and he was and he is. <laughs> he has become the entire goal. He's become, he's become the dwelling. There's no reason to go through Messiah to get to the Father. You go to Messiah and you pull up a chair, and he is the goal. He is the pinnacle. Um, he is the God now. I, I mean... <laughs> And this is, where, this is where we have to at least touch on Trinitarian doctrine because, well, he and God are one. God and the Father, the Son, the Spirit are the, the exact same um, position and authority just broken up into three persons and parts. I don't ascribe to that anymore. I haven't, I haven't ascribed to that for, I don't know, 15-plus years. But in the mainstream Christian doctrine, um, Jesus is God. He, he is the God now. He is the entire focus, not the Father. Um, even though Yeshua, of course, constantly spoke of that being his purpose, was to simply speak, what, Father, tell me what to speak. Oh, okay. And he said it. He only said what the Father said. He had no opinion. He had no agenda. He had no idea. He had no new things to implement. Okay. Say that. Okay. Obey. And he spoke it. You know, that's that's just what he did. He was subordinate entirely to his father. That's a whole other issue, but it has to be at least touched on. He, mainstream doctrine Jesus, um, is the one that did away with Yahweh's commandments. <laughs> right? I mean, there nobody can argue this point. I, I, I have these discussions with people on occasion who are willing to talk about it and truly dialogue and not just, like, berate one another. And I just say, like, did Jesus fulfill and then undo the law? Because, well, he didn't, he didn't abolish it because we know the Scripture says, I did not come to abolish, so we do this wordplay business about, well, fulfill meant to he was the perfect personification, so thereby it just magically wasn't in, um, in play any, at play anymore. It was unnecessary now, which is really just foolishness. When Yeshua said, this is how you obey, walk just like me, and then I walk, I step out to start walking like him. He said, oh, not like that. You don't do what I did. You don't obey Torah to become obedient. You just, you just are, you're just like magically like me. And, and there's holes in this. But anyway, that's for another day. 
But my main concern is like the Jesus that, that most of us have inherited literally says that, that Yahweh's Torah commandments have been done away with just like Deuteronomy warned us. Is exactly a fulfillment of exactly what, what Deuteronomy said. Thus says Yahweh, if someone comes and tells you not to follow Yahweh your Elohim's commandments, he's a false prophet. He's a false Messiah. He's a false shepherd. I'm not making it up. I mean, you can read these texts. They're, they're on the screen. And there's many, many more. I have pages and pages. I mean, I think I, think I wrote 40 pages towards this. Um, last year, or maybe at the very beginning of this calendar year. I don't remember which. Um, I've never made it public. I've maybe shared it with two people. Um, and much of it centers around, if you know the account in the Older Testament of the Nehushtan, okay, the, Moses' staff, um, the, the pole of Moses, um, this concept that was within that is exactly, exactly a foreshadowing of what we see with Jesus' worship today. Exactly it. I can't, oh, I just got to shut it down. I want to go there so bad. Oh, I want to go there. I'm not going to. We might get to that one day. I don't know. Most people can't handle that one. And we have to ask this, okay? Has humanity responded exactly like the non-believing Pharisees and entirely missed the true Messiah and his purpose? Has Christianity, and I'm saying this to myself because I see this in my life because, again, I have been indoctrinated since birth. Just like all the patriotism and all the, all the things that now I see for what they are in many ways, even though still things I do not yet see, many things now, oh my, that wasn't at all what I was told. History's been rewritten. <laughs> Same thing with, with belief systems and the Bible and, and Messiah's true function and purpose. Same thing. And so the question is, now, as if you are an adult who studies the word for yourself and doesn't just regurgitate what you were handed or, or simply take what a pastor, leader, evangelist tells you is true, but if you truly study the word to show yourself approved, you'll see that we're repeating the cycle of the non-believing Pharisees that Yeshua came and condemned and called out over and over again. For most of my life, that was me. I didn't see the connection. I had been I inherited what most everybody else does, and I went along with that because I just, that's all I knew. I had never appropriately studied it for myself. Yeshua himself told us time and time again, he is the door. He is the door. The door to what? The door to whom? Okay? He's not, he's not the pinnacle. He's not the purpose. He's not the end game goal. He's not, and I think he's okay with that. It's a big part, a part of that 40-page study I did. He's okay with being subordinate to his father. <laughs> We're the ones who have had a problem with it, not Yeshua the son. The son knew his place. He said, look, what in the world are you doing all this for me? This is about my father. This isn't about me. I'm a suffering servant laying down my life for the sheep. <laughs> Ironically, nothing has changed since the Garden of Eden. The adversary says, you don't need Yahweh's commands. That's where it started. I mean, right then and there. There's a better way. Lay them aside and be enlightened and free, right? Serving your creator is such a burden. That was what the adversary told Adam and Eve. <laughs> and we know what. <laughs> we read it just moments ago. The adversary is what? A thief? He comes to steal, kill, and destroy the sheep. Lead astray. Lead astray. You are in the confines and safety of your Creator. 
a lie comes in, already in amongst the sheep. There's so many layers of this from if you look at the creation account and um, the garden specifically. The 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 false shepherd is amongst the sheep. There's only two, as far as we know, probably, and he's he's what he's enticing them to come out from underneath the safe place of the shepherd. Okay. There's a better way. You don't need his law. You don't need his commands. You do know there were commands and law in the garden, right? And they broke them, and that is what sin, because as we started out, sin is lawlessness. <laughs> sin is not just, oh, you just made a bad decision, Timmy. Say a prayer. Jesus will forgive you. Sin is lawlessness, okay? It's rebellion. Might as well just call it what it is. So the adversary comes to steal, kill, and destroy the sheep. The leaders that missed Messiah, because we have to keep making this connection, had one grave error, okay? They had many, but they had one major one, I would say. They exalted their own way over his fathers, okay? Messiah always confronted that. The one thing they were doing more than any other thing that he could not stand, and he called out and called out and called out, was what? You made a law unto yourselves. Especially in their case, the ones, even though they usurped authority, they were the ones in the position anyway who were supposed to teach the Torah to Yahweh's people. They were law unto themselves. They were used by the adversary to attempt to destroy what? The great shepherd himself. The good shepherd, Yeshua. Why? They had become the hands and feet of what? A better way now to serve Yahweh. <coughs> That's what they did. We know Yahweh. We know. Don't worry about it. We know him. They were thieves. They were robbers. Robbers of the sheep that they were supposed to care for. Okay? This is why I read the connection earlier about Yeshua angry at the temple. You've made the house of my father a, th a, a den, a home for this nonsense. Y'all live here. You possess, you, you have made this your dwelling, and this isn't for that. This is my father's house. This is why Yeshua specifically told them this. You are of your father the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth. Why? Well, there's no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. John chapter 10, it comes to a close. Yeshua states the following. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand. I and the Father are one. Friend, this, this right here, this is a full course meal right here, friends, right here. Please get this. I can feel this in my guts, and this isn't even in my notes. I hope I can get whatever's in here out of my mouth. The parable of the Good Shepherd is coming to a close here. And people want to just say in Christian uh, Trinitarian doctrine, this is Yeshua proclaiming his deity. It's in my Bible heading. 
He's, he's saying he's God. He's saying he's equal with God. Friend, can we read the text? Can we read what Yeshua said? <laughs> my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Why? 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 Because my Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hands. I and the Father are one. Point number one. He is confirming. He fits the Deuteronomy 13 text. The test in the text. (laughs) The Father is greater than all. Don't exalt me to be a new Elohim. Don't put me in a place of replacement of my Father. I believe he was saying that. And he ends it with, I and the Father are one. We're echad, if we want to use the Hebrew text. Now what happened? Upon hearing this, the people wanted to stone Yeshua to death. Okay, so we have to stop. Okay, wow, they're angry. Now people would say, we could talk about this all day long. I have heard this. I probably preached it myself back in church days. Well, the reason that they were so angry is because Jesus was declaring that he was co-equal with God, and they couldn't stand that, so they wanted to kill him. I would, I would propose you to just step back and see if that's really what the text is saying, and if that's, as a whole, what the entire Bible speaks to. Okay? Because that's irrational thinking. That's, that's very poor doctrinal understanding towards the Bible as a whole. That just fits doctrinal positions, not, not uh, the Bible. So he says, I and the Father are one. They want to kill him right then and there. I'm going to propose this as a differing um, approach as to why he said that and why, most importantly, why they were so enraged by it. He was putting them, he, Yeshua, putting them, the non-believing Pharisees, leaders that wanted to kill him now, he was putting them in their place as he declared that his entire perfect uh, purpose was in perfect alignment with his Father's. Okay? He's saying, I believe... I and the Father are one in entire purpose. Everything that I do is exactly what he wants done. I don't do anything. We know he said that. I do nothing on my own initiative. I don't do anything because I had a good idea that I came down here on earth to execute. We are one. Okay? Me and the Father are in perfect alignment with one another. Deeming them echad, one. There's no need to make a Trinitarian doctrine out of this, as the Son always, always, always declared he was subordinate to his Father. <clears throat> I believe this statement was to reveal, reveal that they, the non-believing leaders, in fact were not one with the Father at all. And they hated that. Why would they hate that? We talked about this, me and my son and my wife, for over an hour today. Why would they have hated that so much? Because they were the authority. They had usurped the authority of the priesthood, and they were the man. Why were they? They had tassels that were four feet long. They stood in the marketplace, and they prayed, and they said, Oh, Yahweh, oh, I'm so thankful I'm not like these other men. We know, we know, right? But we somehow we put all that over there, and we just make them these, these bad guys who hated Jesus. Poor Jesus, they hated him and wanted to kill him. No way, no how. This is a religious pattern, friends, that is present right here in Christian America. Right now, the exact same issue is at hand. We titled this what? One True Shepherd. 
I am promoting, I am presenting for your consideration that the doctrinal Jesus of Christianity is a false shepherd, a false messiah, a false prophet. Because he says, I am above my father. You come to me now. I'm not the door. I am it. I'm it. It's all about me now. But the Yeshua of the Bible never, ever, ever, ever said that. In fact, even when he said this, I and the Father are one, and the leaders wanted to stone him immediately, again, I'm saying to reiterate this on purpose, I believe he was revealing to them, like he said in other ways, when they said, our Father Moses, oh, you're speaking of our Father Moses. He said, man, if you knew Moses, you'd know me, right? Your father is the devil. We've already talked about that, and here's these connections that are nonstop we could spend all day on. Your father's the devil. Who's the devil? Who's the adversary? He's the leader of the false shepherds, the false messiahs, who are saying, you know what? Sneak in the back door and get as many sheep out as you can and tell them they don't have me. Here we are again, the creation, the creation account leading into the Garden of Eden. Tell them there's another way. Tell them that Yahweh's laws, <coughs> they're a burden. Tell them they're a burden. Tell them <coughs> it's a burden no man should bear. And then we're going to take them and steal them and pull them out of here, and we're going to kill them, <coughs> and we're going to leave them for dead. And that will be mission accomplished for the adversary. So I would say that that is why they were so enraged when Yeshua said, I and the Father are one. It revealed that they were not. They weren't it anymore. <laughs> he was coming to bring an end to their religion. Uh, we'll bring part two right here to a close. Why? Just I'm getting back to my notes. Forgive me if I'm saying the same thing I've already said off the cuff. They had exalted their own new commands over his father's. They had an agenda that distracted from and exalted themselves over father's commands. Yeshua called them out for it, and they hated it. They could not stand being told that they did not know Yahweh. Their father was the devil. You can't be both, friend. <laughs> Yeshua had no issues submitting himself to the Torah and never once instituted his own ways over it. In fact, his adherence to it, his obedience to it, is what deemed him without sin, friend. Many people don't understand that. He made it abundantly clear that he had no agenda of his own, no new religion to assert. The non-believing leaders hated that because that is, in fact, exactly what they were doing. <laughs> Yeshua was saying, return back to the Torah and the prophets. We, don't, we have to really unhinge and, just, and cast off our, our horrible doctrine that has this big mess of, of belief. We're just so confused, myself included, for most of my life. I see this from people on a weekly basis. <laughs> that the non, like this, non-believing leaders, they hated hearing that they were not following Yahweh's ways. I see this in my own life when I share the things that I do. See it in my own life when I discover ways that I myself am disobedient in, in, in what I do day to day. Only the humble heart can receive the truth even when it cuts us to the heart and reveals our arrogance and pride. In endless ways, Christian doctrine, whether we like it or not, is the religion of the Pharisees that did not believe in Messiah all over again. The exact same process. 
when one properly exalts the Torah and the prophets over man-made religious doctrines, two things will happen. Okay? We'll simplify. I would suggest only two things can happen when we rightly exalt Torah and the prophets over any other religious doctrines of men. Number one, humility to the scriptures and surrender of the false doctrine. Okay? That's the first option. Or two, intolerance of the truth because it exposes our error and we reject it wholeheartedly because of that. You can see it, and if you don't have eyes to see it, that's a mysterious thing that I cannot understand. I never be able to. Okay? We have to get through our minds how in the world, according to the, the empowerment of Holy Spirit to lead us to truth, the Holy Spirit is not here to just whisper some new idea and revelation to you. Holy Spirit comes to confirm in you the word of Elohim, because it alone is capital T truth. So when that comes, and when those scales fall, and when that light shines on this, you will do one of two things. And I'm not saying this is even capable of doing that for you. I pray that it is for anyone, even one person. You will do one of two things. You will humble yourself and surrender to what you see, or you will hate it, and you will drive it out, just like the Pharisees did, who were non-believing Pharisees, when Yeshua called them out and they wanted to stone him. There's one or two things, and I've seen both, <laughs> um, but it is what it is. So what are we talking about? One true shepherd. we got one part left. It will be shorter than the uh, two previous ones. So make sure you come back for this conclusion. We'll, we'll wrap this up. We're going to talk about Amos chapter 2, more in Deuteronomy 13, Ephesians 4, Jeremiah 6. There's one true shepherd, friend. We need to know who it is we're following, who we're entrusting ourselves to and move out from there. So thank you for watching. This is the Path Design Podcast. Amen.